You know those moments where you think, I wish I would have learned this in school? Those are the topics that we love to talk about. Join me each week as I interview experts sharing their strategies for solving problems that us young adults will face throughout our 20s and 30s. So what are you waiting for? And if you want new episodes about adulting advice every Monday, hit that follow button. I've never felt like I've had style. Honestly, I've always felt a little intimidated and lost when it comes to fashion. With that in mind, I didn't put a lot of emphasis on it. I opted for safe and affordable options versus clothes that I feel comfortable and confident in. I don't think that's entirely the wrong perspective. Personal style isn't something that everyone cares about, but I do want to make a case for it. For better or worse, your outward appearance does say something about you. It impacts first impressions and is an extension of your personality. Most importantly, it impacts how you feel about yourself. The right piece of clothes in the right moment can help you break out of your shyness, feel more confident, and channel that energy you want to display. All of this is especially true when it comes to dressing for work. A place where first impressions, outward appearance, charisma, and confidence play a huge part in success and career growth. So let's say you decided this is important and you want to put some focus on it. How do I go about finding my personal style? Well, I don't have the answer for you, but Park Ballantyne does. They are the creative director, fashion stylist, and model. I met Park through my girlfriend Gabby after they did a stunning photo shoot together. And luckily, they were nice enough to share some fashion advice with us. In this episode, we talk about how to get started if you aren't sure what your personal style is. Park shares styling tips like the rule of thirds, how to incorporate color, and how to be fashion forward when it's hot outside, something I know I need here in Austin, Texas. We also have an important conversation about the balance of sustainability and affordability, which honestly is kind of hard sometimes. If you've enjoyed our episodes lately, hit that follow button on your podcast player. This ensures that you don't miss new episodes. And I promise you, you're not going to want to miss these upcoming episodes. Next week, we are kicking off a great series about expanding your professional network. We have some creative ideas. I have some really great guests lined up. We're going to sh- be sharing a ton of just tangible, actionable, inspirational advice around networking and kind of building your tribe of people. So once again, if you don't want to miss that, hit the follow button. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the Austin-based creative director and fashion powerhouse, Park Valentine. Well, Park, I'm I'm so excited that you just said yes to a conversation with me. This is a topic that I've been looking for the right person to have this conversation with. And I feel like you're really got to be this good balance between the more tactical aspect of your personal style, but also adding some why and some kind of the hows behind it too. So I'd kind of like to start there in our conversation because as someone that doesn't necessarily label himself as stylish, I kind of modulate between like, I want to care more about this and I don't want to care about this at all. Why do you feel like style is important and what has it done for you as an individual? Mm, I definitely feel like style is one of those things that 
adapted throughout my life. I was not a stylish kid by any means. <laughs> um, I definitely wasn't like a fashionista in my closet or anything like that. So that sense of self, I think, really developed over time. And, you know, the importance of finding oneself. And I think even whatever that aesthetic is, I think, you know, I have friends who have really minimal aesthetic and I'm always really impressed with their like simplicity that just is really elegant and beautiful and comes through. I consider myself a bit more of like a maximalist at this point where I just kind of like to throw a lot of patterns and colors together and really kind of find that vibrance. But again, this was not something, I was not a very extroverted person in my childhood and youth. And so kind of like finding that part of myself really was a long journey and it was actually more of a healing journey, I think, of being comfortable, being seen, being comfortable trying things that I didn't know if it was going to be successful or not, you know, taking risks. I feel like there were definitely a couple of outfits where like, oh, look at you. <laughs> but, you know, I was out there and I was trying it. And so I guess like when I think about that personal journey, it's it feels, you know, very literally a mirror, but also like very figuratively a mirror of what's going on within me. I love to think about you know, my mood for the day or kind of what's going on within me, like how, how I'm feeling and how does that represent itself like on a constant basis. And it becomes this creative practice where I can really put things together and, you know, go through my closet and kind of find new gems all the time or like kind of reconnect things or think differently, like visually about what's out there. And so, yeah, I guess that's been like part of that for me. And again, like even like a gender journey of like dressing more masculine when I was younger and embracing more femininity and like, you know, kind of high femme stuff now in like my 20s and 30s. That was a journey of coming to embrace all my pieces and really kind of wanting to explore what that looks like. And especially with my clients and even personal clients, but also editorial work and things that I've done, I really can see people step into themselves in a different way. Like, when you come out and you're dressed in something that maybe you wouldn't have picked out for yourself, but somehow it just kind of pulls all your pieces together and it shows, you know, you as a part of yourself that maybe you thought you couldn't be or you've always wanted to, but we're kind of shy. It's mm -hmm. like sometimes just having that permission or that space to try something. I've seen it be interestingly very transformative for people. And I've had a lot of really positive feedback about just being with people on that journey and being open to play and experiment and take risks. And with, you know, like many things in life, it's, you know, finding your own voice in that way. Yeah, it's such a good medium or outlet, I feel like, for, of course, self-expression, but honestly, just kind of trying to identify even how you want to feel about yourself, too. I, there's definitely, I mean, I think everybody realizes it, too. You you can feel a certain way or you have this kind of feeling whenever you put different clothing items on, which is really interesting. So I guess it, it's probably if you know what your intention is, like what you're trying to feel like going into a certain space, you could, if you're good at this, dress accordingly so that at least you can start to channel some of that energy. I, I don't think it's like a foolproof method. Uh, it's like if if you're going into a business meeting and you want to feel more confident or <laughs> whatnot, I feel like this is a good step forward for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot about, you know, RuPaul has a great quote of you're born naked and the rest is drag. You know, I think sometimes <laughs> there's definitely a lot of truth to that, you know, and like there's so many sayings like a picture is worth a thousand words and like all these pieces. But 
like what you're speaking to, like a business meeting, there's different ways to dress for specific occasions or like think about how do I want to be seen? How do I want to be kind of perceived? But then also how do I maintain my authenticity, you know, and so not kind of drastically oscillating or kind of changing who I am based on what I'm wearing, but finding some kind of thread that I can apply to like all spaces, but that also fits for whatever the occasion is too. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't really necessarily realize the balance or think about the balance of that. So whenever you're going or dressing yourself to go somewhere, you are both thinking about authenticity, but also how do I want to be perceived in the space? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely look at the, if it's an organization or a business or a brand or something, I look at the culture, like how are people there dressing? Like, what does that look like? And then also like we're an event or something like that. Is this a dress up of that? Is this more casual? And then if I decide to go against the grain, that's like up to me, you know, but at least I'm kind of informed in that way or I can do it with consciousness, I guess. Like it's a choice as opposed to showing up and being like, oh, this is spicy. <laughs> like I wasn't <laughs> expecting to be, you know, to stand out or to feel, you know, whatever that kind of feeling is. And I think sometimes people tend to, you know, maybe go more for what the median or like mainstream is as opposed to like add some more of their personal flair to it. Yeah. When do you feel like you started this journey of kind of personal style, adding your own personal flair? I mean, I really started playing around with it maybe in my late teens kind of time period. Before that, I spent a lot of time trying not to be seen and very much like blending in and you know, trying to really kind of make myself small, I feel like, in a lot of ways. And so around this time, I was going through a lot of life changes. I was in recovery and kind of came out of a lot of like wild youth years. And so I think I was really trying, in some ways, I had this really open time and space where I could try on many hats and be like, who am I actually? Because I was so identified with this, you know, self-destructive kind of self. And and now I'm trying to just figure out like who I am in the present. And so I was exploring different looks, different aesthetics. I was changing my hair like every couple of months. I was like, I don't know if I have red hat, if I blonde, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it gave me a sense of playfulness with it and a little bit of freedom. I also at that time was living in Chicago and had a lot of friends in the art scene and community. So I feel like there was a lot of positive feedback I was getting as well around just being a bit more experimental. And so that you know, kicked off like trying new things. And then when I was in my 20s and I was bartending, actually, that's when I started to really experiment with some of my more like high femness and like those pieces where I was dressing up more for work and then realized that I was really enjoying that. And I was in the Bay Area for that time. And so really just kind of felt like the world was my oyster and I could, you know, just go to work. And I think at that point, my work look was a little bit more subdued. But then I would go out and I remember I had coworkers who were like, oh my gosh, you wear high heels. And friends of mine would be like, ha, 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 of course. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so even those kinds of differences, you know, and I think as I've gotten older, I've become more and more integrated where like those, all of my pieces, you know, kind of become themselves. But yeah, definitely I think being willing to try stuff and being a little bit lost actually gave me the freedom to not be so attached to one specific thing and to... But I think now I feel like all those pieces actually influence me. I'm like, some days I'm a little goth, some days I'm a little preppy, some days I'm a little <laughs> hippie or whatever, you know, like, I don't know, I could be at all. I know, I wish you added more of your outfits to Instagram. I don't know, I, you might have a personal Instagram too, but I, I think I ran across your your fashion 
Instagram and more so how you were dressing other people. I'd love to see all of your outfits. We met through my girlfriend, Gabby, who reached out to you and really wanted to do a high fashion photo shoot. And the pictures turned out amazing. They were so much fun. And she had a blast as well shooting afterwards when you guys left. We just got chatting a little bit about who you guys were and and she mentioned, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be introduced to Park. I really want to cover just personal style in general. And I just like saw the pictures from the shoot and how confident you guys felt through the pictures and in your outfits and everything. And it was such an inspiration. So I think this one is kind of partially selfish too, because once again, I was telling you, I kind of want to step into at least the journey of finding my own style. But assuming that I don't even know or have an idea of what my personal style is, where would you advise me to start? Or, you know, how do you help people in in the beginning journeys? Yeah, thank you. I would definitely, we'll take a note of the personal style on my Instagram, be able to get up on that. (laughs) But, um, But also, you know, when I think about actually a lot of my clients that I've worked on for kind of more executive styling, I think there's a lot of people I know who, you know, maybe have spent their life dedicated to other types of success or other types of their identities or other t- parts of themselves. And then they come in and they're you know, some of the most successful people I know. And they're like, I don't even know, like, I'm a scrub, like, I have no idea what I'm wearing, what I'm doing. And so when I work with people, I really just try to I start with, you know, what, what kind of brands, celebrities, even people in your own life, like styles just draw you in. You know, are there these people that you look to and you say like, oh, I really, I dig that style. You know, I think there's, I mean, I'll kind of extrapolate on this, but I think there's something really important about anything that you're kind of attracted to does say something about you already. Like there's a seed of you that's already like, you know, kind of attracted to that, that's already existing within that. So there's some truth in that. I think that people even give away about themselves without knowing sometimes of like, what you're really attracted to is also part of you. And so I like to get those kinds of senses. So like brands, campaigns, like just images. And then I do also really suggest, I do this for clients, but I would say putting together a mood board of some sort, like, and really not judging yourself a little bit around that. So putting in colors, textures, you know, certain styles. I like to go through you know, the current runway seasons on like Vogue or something like that. And just like, there's some really funky stuff in there. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm liking this, but <laughs> I'm just liking this right now. And, you know, and just kind of move past it, like add it, move past it. And then take a look at everything that you put in. And I find, you know, maybe this is kind of the way that my mind works, but I can find patterns and syn- like a synthesis a little bit or a theme that kind of starts to emerge from all these seemingly random interactions with stimulus or visuals, but it actually tells a bigger story of like an aesthetic or, you know, is it more kind of conservative, but like with an edge, is it more bright and bold? Is it more textures? Like, you know, what are some of these things? Is it more culturally relevant? Like what are, what are these things that are kind of pulling out or speaking to you and really like listening to your own heart? It sounds like a little anti-fashion or something, but like, I think it's really very much about getting out of your own way a little bit and, and seeing that. And so I would say looking at the things that you're attracted to, looking towards, you know, things that you can kind of be non-biased about. And then 
I also do enjoy in a similar way of going to like a department store or like a vintage thrift shop, something that has a really big inventory and doing a similar thing, just like going through stuff and just grabbing, like, don't look at the price. Don't look at the, you know, overall, but if it's something that's grabbing your eye, just pull it and try it on. Just pull it, try it on. If you're not somebody who likes to shop, you know, in person, if there's you know, discomfort around that, even doing like an online shopping cart where you can then return at things or anything like that. I feel like it just helps to, again, pull out some of these themes and, you know, you can start small, you can just invest in a couple of different pieces. So let's say you have this whole mood board and then you're like, oh, but I really like the way this one shirt or this jacket or this kind of watch could really, or these sunglasses or something could really accentuate all these pieces. Like just give it a try and see how that shifts, you know, the way that you're interacting with all the other pieces in your wardrobe. You know, it could be very revealing about, you know, what's out there. And I think, again, I feel like a lot of it is listening to yourself and and really kind of starting to think about, yeah, like, you know, are you wearing a big fuzzy coat? You know, are you kind of more funky? Are you more, you know, yeah, more elegant? Like, how do you kind of see yourself in that way and, and just being willing to play with it? I love the mood board idea. I think it's obvious, but I like it from the concept of this volume play, like you get enough of those pictures in there or save enough on a board. And then you can like take a step back and almost look conceptually. Is there a couple of themes that are coming here? I did that not too long ago because Gabby really wants me to update my wardrobe. And I was like, okay, I just, I don't want to continue to like buy pieces here and there. And then I just like have this closet full of things that I feel like don't really come together. I maybe like this shirt, but I don't really know what else I really want to wear with it. So we, mm. we went through this exercise too. And I realized a lot of it was like this earthy vibe that was going on. Of course, like outdoorsy plus this like 90s Austin's vibe, like think Days and Confused, uh, yeah. like that kind of vibe too. So like now at least we have a direction. So anytime she gets me in a mood to shop, she at least knows where I'm going. And we can kind of slowly substitute things in and out of the closet to get to kind of what I'm hoping for. So yeah, that, that's kind of my general direction, but I like what you're, you're saying there. What about, you mentioned a couple of different things like fits and colors. I'd love to mm. kind of hear your thoughts on how someone could maybe identify what kind of fit is right for them. And then also, I hear a lot of things about colors too. I don't know if, you're, if you have an opinion on color selection and if you should be like leaning into a couple of colors that might best match your skin tone or the vibe that you're going for. Yes. So there are, there are a lot of thoughts about color in particular. I am somebody who doesn't like fashion rules. I'm not a like no white after Labor Day kind of person or like. I had a good feeling like <laughs> you're like, no, 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 I don't like any of these rules. Don't put boundaries yeah. on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I, th- and I do have people who come in and they're like, well, I know that this doesn't work and this and not this. And then you know, sometimes people will say like, oh, I definitely don't do this. And I'm like, well, just give this a try. And it becomes maybe their favorite piece or something, you know, mm. so it depends a little bit. And, you know, some people have really fast and furious rules that they use and it works for them. It's not my approach. I do feel a little bit more like don't limit yourself. But it is good to also know that like what's going to fit you, how things are going to fit. I feel like most commonly what I try to think about is the like rule of thirds. So it's like something that's also used in visuals kind of ongoing is that your eye is kind of drawn to this like one third, two third type of thing. So, you know, in particular, when you think about the own, your proportions and your body, 
It's making sure that, you know, there's either one third on top, two thirds bottom, two thirds on top, one third bottom. So you're kind of thinking about not really cutting your body like in half. So you have like pants and like shirt, but then like a jacket that's going to like make you have halvesies. You would maybe like elongate the jacket or something like that to kind of wear untuck versus tucked, kind of looking Mm -hmm. at those types of aesthetics, similar with like a dress or something. Yeah, can you give a couple more examples in that space? Is it like I have a shirt that's tucked in, high-waisted sh- like shorts, and I have like a scarf on, so I'm thirded up here and then mm-hmm. kind of elongated on the bottom? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. and like a lot of like the busyness too. So if you have like accessories or like let's say like bright shoes or again like maybe your example of a scarf and a hat or something like that, you'd probably then simplify like on the bottom uh, so you have that like length or like the action, let's say, is like happening kind of in a two-thirds space and you're not kind of doubling up. I mean, again, some of these things are, not everybody goes for that. I feel like, again, for myself, it's like, I like, I'm like patterns on everything or like whatever. So that can also be something, but the fit of the pan or like the fit of things, like you kind of can see how that's going. And then also making sure that things aren't, if it's oversized, you're going for that intentionally, totally cool. But, you know, things that are, you know, sometimes I think people are nervous about, you know, not wanting to show like all of their curves or something. So they oversize things when that actually, you know, doesn't really like flatter necessarily. And so it's kind of like finding like a neutral fit. Like usually when I'm working with clients, there's like a two finger kind of, like what I'll do is like around the waistband to make sure that things aren't too tight or too loose, you know, and then also looking at like shoulder fit, like how things are resting on the shoulder as well. Those are things to think about. But, and also like, I think one of the things I come up with a lot around fit is brands and sizing. And I think at least for a lot of clients, there's a bit of a hang up on specific sizes or something like that. And to know that all brands are completely different and it doesn't really matter, especially like European brands will be a lot smaller, you know, in their so sizing than, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, but people get really, you know, concerned about that. Or I feel like there's a lot of these like societal messages about body and shape and sizing in that way as well. And so I think also just knowing that it's a completely arbitrary <laughs> number and system within the fashion industry as well. So, mm. And then circling back to colors too, I don't know if you had any guiding principles. I know I'm like forcing you into some rules here, but Justin loves rules, especially <laughs> getting started here. Like I see you and I'm like, all right, cool. That's like a hundred steps ahead of me right now, just in terms of, like I said, some guiding principles, anything that comes to mind for colors. So again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage anything of like colors to do or not to do, but mm-hmm. something that I like that I think can be helpful when you're building a wardrobe also, or when you're kind of like trying new things is to like, I guess like from like that mood board or something, what I'll do even like seasonally is kind of build a mini collection. So maybe four to five pieces, like I think that can be interchanged. And sometimes that's a good place to look at color. So you could say like, okay, yellow, black, and white, you know, like that can be kind of a color scheme for this. And so let me see if there's a yellow belt and black pants and a white shirt or like, you know, a jacket that has like some pattern that's black and white with like a yellow tie or play around with some of those pieces that can be more mixy matchy. That's usually where when I think about color in that sense, it's kind of nice to have those collections almost where you see the color through line or pattern through line or something like that. And that can be really helpful just to you don't have to invest in a whole new wardrobe, but you can yeah. buy a few pieces that then you can play with and say like, okay, 
do I want this neon color to be like something I'm wearing or am I too uncomfortable or is it not really giving me the kind of energy that I want? And so let me try something that's a little bit more of a sage green or something next time. And, you know, in that way you kind of are able to play around a bit more. What about accessories? I, I see you as someone that is so great at accessories. Can you give me some guidance on how to utilize accessories to kind of spice up your style? Assuming that you're talking to someone that accessories pretty much falls after just like a watch on the left wrist. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, they can change the band. You can change the day. It's going to be great. You got so many options. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do love accessories. I think when I actually look at my own wardrobe, I have less clothing statement pieces. I have a lot of kind of neutrals when it comes to pants, shirts, skirts, things like that. And then I have a lot of accessories. So I have a lot of scarves, a lot of jewelry. And I really feel like those are some of the pieces. If you like statement things or you want to try to take risks or kind of play around, those can be low investment items that really kind of bring something to life. You know, it kind of also depends like what again, your style is, if it's more masculine, more feminine. I think there's like different kind of options out there for you, but definitely belts. I got really into belts and belt buckles too. I feel like this, we're not in Texas, I feel like there's a there's a whole market for that. You know, you can really get into it, you know, play around with colors, play around with different yeah, textures in that way. I feel like that can just, even with an all-black outfit, if you have, you know, a colorful belt or a white belt or really stunning belt buckle, like that can be the outfit. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something wildly nutso or something. Like you can really <laughs> think about those things. But I mean, I do like leather jewelry. I feel like for like more masculine wear, I feel like a lot of leathers can be really good, like bracelets or rings. I'm a big like ring person too. So I feel like kind of chunky things. But, you know, for simple, you can also do like chains, like, you know, kind of play around with different like necklace options. And again, like scarred on like everything could you think. But I do like, I think maybe I'm very influenced in the last few years by living in Texas too. So I have this kind of like country chic that I've been embracing. <laughs> but I do wear a lot of scarves that kind of have the like cowboy, you know, look to them. But I feel like those are those are definitely accessories that I use a lot. And, you know, again, it can be like one color solid outfit or like some pretty simple like t-shirt and a pants, but that can be something that just pops if it's like a really interesting pattern or color combo. And you can take it on or off, you know, and so that's kind of an easy way. Also in the heat out here, it's uh, (laughs) kind of nice to have something that absorbs that a little bit. Yeah. How do you manage the heat in Austin? I feel like that has got to be at least a consideration of yours post-June 1st here in Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, I will say that summer fashion is not my favorite fashion (laughs) (laughs) because it is the most sparse in that way. But it's it's an interesting thing, at least for me, because it encourages me to think beyond my own boundaries. Like I like to, again, have like lots and layers of like full fashion where I'm like, it's another outfit, it's like I have another outfit, it's like I have another outfit. And then in the summer where it's like, oh, like how can I wear the least of everything? No, like almost like no jewelry, like my fingers are swollen, like I can't do anything, metal's burning my wrist, you know, like, <laughs> like really can't. So sunglasses, I get really into sunglasses in the summer. I feel like That's those cool. become kind of my statement things. I've gotten more into t-shirts and playing around with some like lighter materials. And like, I really like shirts. I actually wear a lot of long sleeve here in Austin in the summer, but they're like really kind of lighter materials. Mm. So I feel like that's actually quite nice because it gives a bit more breeziness and doesn't get 
as hot and sticky and everything. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough one. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. But you're also like in and out of like air conditioning. It's really aggressive. So you kind of have to like carry a leather coat with you anyways. It's like, I don't know. That is definitely the hard part for sure because I'm also someone that gets really cold. I like to like keep my house at like 73 and some people are like, yeah, it's like 68 or below. So I'm in the summer always like carrying a sweatshirt out with me, assuming that Mm -hmm. I'm going to hop in someone's AC at some point in time and like be absolutely freezing, especially come summer too when you're all tan and everything feels warm. What about hats? You haven't mentioned hats at all. Are are you big into hats? Is, Is that part of your wardrobe at all? You know, I do play with them. I haven't used them as often in my own, but that's also because the wind factor. I feel like I like the aesthetic of hats. So like on shoots and stuff, I do like to play with them. You know, in Austin, you have to see a lot of the wide brims that are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I do have a couple of those that I play with. However, I found it to be a little challenging when I'm like walking down the street, I'm like holding onto both edges of it, like don't blow my really nice hat away. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm going inside or something, like that could be different. But I do... I mean, I think that that can be a really fun accessory as well, like especially different logos, colors, like thinking like kind of trucker baseballs can also be like a little more sturdy than those wide brims as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that maybe I just need like some of those chin straps or like a bolo kind of (laughs) thing for my hats. Be like, please don't fly away. But I had the same problem in New York too. It was like hats were really tough to like maintain. You had to like walk against the wind. (laughs) Well, also, then you take away some of your hair, too, and you have, like, just gorgeous volumed hair, too. So it almost, (laughs) like, is a bit of extension for you. Maybe you cover it with a hat. Maybe you don't. I I don't know. I haven't really been into hats too much. I feel like it's something, once again, with the kind of earthy Austin vibe. So many people wear those, like, flat bill rimmed, like, hats. And I want to try to start getting into it. But I just never picked up hats when I was younger and got into them. So... It's definitely a place where I'm going to have to start challenging myself a little bit. Do and, it. And here I am, yeah. like, talking about challenging <laughs> myself by just, like, wearing a normal hat. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, that's, you know, we all have our things. But I think, like, even that's kind of fun. Like, um, I know there's a bunch of, like, custom hat stores. If you found yourself wanting to invest in that, you can try, like, different feathers or, like, bands. And there's really, especially in Austin, there's a lot of either independent hat makers, but also, like, some really good quality, fun things. And you could also start out you know, just go into like a thrift or something and try like something that's like a low hanging fruit, just yeah. give it a little, <laughs> little naughty something. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, oh, do you know that hat store on South Congress, the cowboy hat store? I think it starts with an M. I'm blanking on the name, but Gabby and I got her parents gift cards to like make your own custom hat, cowboy yeah, hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. From, you know, cattle country, Missouri, and they mm-hmm. love their, their cowboy hats. And it was so fun. Her dad was just lit up kid in a candy shop in the yes. store too he got his you know initials branded on it the feather the rim yes. all these things oh, and they fun. did it right in front and I thought it was such a fun experience so I don't know maybe yeah. at some point in time I'll I'll go in on that but I also think it was like a five or six hundred dollar hat which is probably a little outside my range for just trying you know, something just yeah. getting things <laughs> and going. yeah 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 that's what I was like you know you can always kind of start like start low kind of like you know Nordstrom or something pick out an option but yeah, I do. I can't remember the name of that place, but I do know that South Congress has a lot of like help places also. Like I yeah. think that place is down from Allen's Boots. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, 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 yeah. I got I got a hat there once too. And it's really exciting to see like they steam it and like hand yes. mold it to your head. And so it's very dramatic. And then you have like the giant hat box. It feels really fun. <laughs> Definitely. 
So something on my mind, and I'm guessing on many 20-somethings' minds, is balancing sustainability with being stylish and fashion forward, but also considering affordability. I feel like it's like this kind of trifecta that it's hard to honestly find a balance between all three. What are your thoughts there? Yes. Actually, this was something that I've been learning a little bit more recently about and even met up with. There's a group here in Austin that's really committed to like sustainable fashion. And so I've been learning more about just how deep the supply chain hole goes. And Wait, can you, you know, teach really... me something? <laughs> yes. So I was we're talking about sustainable materials. And so hemp is something that was one of the women was talking about because she creates fabrics, basically. She works in textiles. And so she was talking about wanting to work more within kind of the grower industry and getting some of the hemp to like start working with creating textiles. But there's certain kinds that work. There's some that are really like, you know, right now that there's huge agricultural areas that are being used to grow you know, marijuana and like all that. And then like all the throw away from the stems, but some are usable, some are not. I mean, this is, again, I'm a little novice in this too, but I feel like this was something where I was like, wow, I really hadn't thought about it to the nitty gritty of like, even where like all these materials are coming from and how much waste is there, but also how much potential there is to collaborate in different industries. And so they were all talking about, okay, what are some of the different treatment options that are less wasteful or like using less mm -hmm. water, or, like chemicals and you know, my mind was just like, whoa, like this is crazy. like a whole nother level. And like how, you know, it's harder to create certain material out of hemp, but it's similar to like a denim. And, you know, so I was kind of just witnessing, I guess, a lot of these conversations as well as learning a little bit more about natural dyes and like dyes made out of mushrooms and they feel like flowers and stuff maybe come to mind, but how you can get like really rich colors out of some of these natural products <laughs> but kind of like some of these processes, I guess, that are just a little bit more thoughtful in the way that they go about things. But I mean, another thing was learning that Chanel, at the end of their season, they also shred everything to yeah. maintain the buying power. So that was, you know, those types of wasteful things are really hard to hear about, as well as sustainability is also somewhat 360 where it's like the impact it has on humans and like labor and like how people are treated and like, is that sustainable on the environment, on animals? You know, it's like, there's so many different layers to it that, you know, even for myself, it's something that I'm learning more about and wanting to learn more about, especially as I'm sourcing or making recommendations and thinking about like, okay, if a brand, you know, even is made locally, like, where are they getting their stuff from? Like, what are those factories? Because even like that was something I was learning as well as if you're getting, you know, manufacturing out of the country, you can be working with a factory, but they can outsource their work to a factory that maybe isn't doing things so sustainable. And so it's like really having to be hyper accountable. And I think, you know, for me, sometimes that can maybe feel overwhelming. And maybe for some of the, you know, listeners also that can feel a little overwhelming of like, how am I supposed to track like, you know, one company's entire pipeline. Exactly. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. And like there are, you know, there are companies that are definitely more transparent about their processes. And then this is like one of those things that maybe is, I don't know, on the, on the fence about it. But I had somebody once tell me, and it kind of sticks with me a lot, that as conscious people, we're kind of always making compromise in this world and just doing that with as much information and choice and integrity as you can. So 
if you can't find out all the information that you want to about like all the processes, it's like, what are some things that you can more confidently say like, okay, these particular materials or it's like sourced in this way, or I know that, you know, the labor is like paid in this kind of way. You know, those are types of choices that we can make and be a little bit more committed to. You know, definitely, I think you see that a lot in Austin, like thrifting and, you know, kind of re reuse, recycling, upcycling. You know, I think that can be excited about that because I feel like it also is a really cool way to kind of be creative yourself. I think that that can be something that if you have the DIY gene or you like to get in there and get crafty, like those are things you can do. And then also, you know, supporting other like vendors and people who are local too. That can always be a good way to to get involved. But I mean, it is one of the biggest contributors um, in the world to some of our problems. And so, you know, it takes more than just an individual, but it also is important to be thoughtful of how you consume. Yeah, I definitely get a little overwhelmed looking backwards and kind of trying to figure out supply chains and ethically sourced materials and labor and such. I do want to put a lot of thought into second life for a lot of the things and just conscious spending on my side too, like not buying something that I'm going to use once and then just throw away. I think that goes outside of just clothes to single use plastics and et cetera, a lot in in this space. But I do like that the vintage space and the resale space has really popped up and given second life to so many things, clothes especially. Mm -hmm. And man, like the vintage stores are like becoming the thing now too. I was just in Portland and there was vintage stores all over the place and they were a hit and a lot of people were shopping in them and a lot of people are finding the vibes from 10, 20, 30 years ago and, you know, incorporating that into their own style, which is kind of cool to see. Do you have any resale donate options that that you like to utilize within your own wardrobe? Like certain kind of vendors or just like yeah, things that I like places, to do? Yeah, things you like to do, places you like to bring things. I'm guessing you don't just throw things in the trash that you don't want anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do that. If I'm donating, I usually will go to like a Goodwill or something. I feel like mm-hmm. they're more aligned with some of my values in that way. But otherwise, there's also like a lot of really good like swaps. I volunteer with Dress for Success. I know Kind Clinic also has like more like gender inclusive, like clothing donation swaps as well. So you can go and kind of find something that feels like affirming for you. You know, Dress for Success is great. If you're like, oh, this suit that doesn't work for me, you know, kind of a thing or any like business attire. So I feel like sharing resources in that way is really fun. I've had friends who also host, you know, clothing swaps. And so that's a way to also... Yeah, like kind of keep things fresh, but like in the in the scene. And then it is fun. I mean, I've played around with like creating material or like new outfits out of old outfits or kind of like recycling stuff. And I think that you can really take, you know, a hem from something and attach it to this or like take a, you know, if a necklace broke, you can take that beading and turn it into something else. You know, it's like there's a way to kind of play around with materials in that way. So even just flexing your own creative muscles, you know, can kind of be an interesting task to do. And yeah, and there are a lot of like hesitant to like name anything specific because I work with a lot of like boutiques in town, but there are like a lot of really awesome vintage shops in town and a lot of like women-owned, people of color-owned, queer-owned like spaces that you can go and just kind of support also, yeah, in town. 
as we're closing in on the conversation, I sent you this like random list of questions that have nothing to necessarily do with the content that we were talking about today. And you cherry picked one and it was this question, what did you learn recently that you feel is important and worth sharing? What came to mind whenever you saw that question? It was around this idea of the sustainability component. <laughs> so I was really? like, yeah, yeah, because I was, you know, it's been something that I've been really wanting to know more about. And I think, again, it's, you know, it does seem so thick to get into like the understanding of where, how things are made, where things are made, what kinds of questions to ask people, like what the sourcing and construction looks like. And so that's been, yeah, kind of top of mind for me as well, where I think as a stylist, especially with like commercial things or editorial, it's like, there's a lot of pressure to just like find the thing, deliver it, like have the aesthetic, you know, and depending on the client, but there's not always an emphasis on, you know, making sure that it's sustainable or you're working within a budget of wardrobe or something. And so it's just something that's like priority for me to also make it environmentally sustainable, but, you know, sourcing from underrepresented communities, like queer people, designers, like people of color, women, like really kind of prioritizing some of those aesthetics, those voices in the industry as well, to just kind of make a bigger opening and kind of think about sustainability, I guess, even beyond like environmental into social sustainability and kind of economic sustainability as well. Is there any people in the industry that you're following that you just like can't get enough of right now that you've really drawn a lot of inspiration from? Yes. So I guess that's like a little bit of a crossover, but there's an artist, performer, kind of style icon, Alok Thad Manan. I really like them. They are non-binary. They are out of New York and a lot of their kind of expressions are about living in this world as a vibrant, fully authentic you person and how often that's related to a lot of the systems in the world that tell us that we have to conform, we have to cut pieces of ourselves out, we have to sacrifice in order to survive. And even they've talked a lot about, there's a quote by them more recently, it was like, you know, when I feel the most beautiful is when I also feel the most afraid because when I walk outside my door and, you know, I feel beautiful, other people kind of treat me in a certain way or they can. And so kind of what is this, you know, relationship and how do you think touching on confidence and certain pieces like that? And I feel like, you know, it's fashion icons and like their aesthetic, but also like their confidence and like living in this world. I'm like, well, like what a beautiful model for like if they're brave and fabulous and out there talking about this and spreading this message. And like, I can do that too, you know, and I can go out and join this movement of, you know, fashion function and like social justice, you know, like kind of make it all for the better. And yeah, so I feel like I take a lot of inspiration from people who push the boundaries of, you know, being authentic, I guess, you know, which seems kind of wild. But I think like one of Alok's quotes that I like too is something to the tune of, you know, they tell you to be yourself until it makes it uncomfortable. And so I feel like anybody that is pushing that edge and, also spreading a message of self-love and self-acceptance. And when people kind of come at you with hate, it's revealing more about maybe some of the parts within them that they feel they've had to sacrifice or cut out. And so, you know, it's kind of somebody else's grief that they're putting on you a little bit more than it has anything to do with like yourself. And that can take the shape and form of many different things, but I definitely relate to that a lot. And so I love 
one, like the maximalist aesthetic and like kind of the fun and the playfulness of what they wear out in the world and take a lot of inspiration from that, but also really love the message that they have too. Yeah, that's important. And it can be, I don't know if you feel this too, but like living in Texas sometimes and just the politics of the state sometimes, even like what's happening with the the drag ban in our state. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, are we... Is, is it 2023? Like, it, it still blows, <laughs> yeah, it still like blows me away. Yeah yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's it's interesting because I was, I feel like I can get really overwhelmed sometimes with, like, the amount of backlash and, like, on, like so many different fronts where it's, like, rights across the board, you know, just, like, swipe them away. Yep. And so, yeah, you know, it's interesting because being in Texas, I question sometimes, like, oh, do I stay? Do I go? Like, is it safe? And, you know, I do, I think at least for right now, I feel like I have the privileges of being safe enough that I can help create more visibility, that I can, you know, kind of help to push that or like create that space, you know, that I think is important mm. to to share. But it is, it's a dangerous time, you know, and I think for people to be thinking about like what does action look like, you know, what does authenticity look like? And is that something that, you know, all people have, you know, that we can all be ourselves and go like all the way into it. But like people that are so into like independence and like individual autonomy are really into like taking other people's independence and individual <laughs> autonomy for whatever reason. But yeah, and I feel like sometimes it also helps to see like those positive examples out in the world too and to like hear about the good things that are happening. And so I feel like community is a good place for that, you know, and there's strong bonds here also. It's not just the wild ones <laughs> out there, like creating havoc. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Park, as we're closing up this conversation, I'll have one more question for you. But before that, where can people connect with you if they want to follow along with what you got going on? Is there a good place for, for people to connect? Yes. So you can connect with me on Instagram. It's my name, Park with an E at the end, dot Valentine, be like banana. Yeah, although now I want to put more of my personal outfits on there. Like you've inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have like a like a mirror that I'm guessing you got a mirror in there or something? I see like a lot of people just like take these awesome mirror selfies just to like yeah. the outfit of the day. You don't have to like do the outfit of the day, but I'd love just to see what, what Park's got going on sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a fun it definitely speaks to like my daily mood and kind of shifting through seasons and everything. So got me thinking about it. It was like, oh, this would be fun, actually. <laughs> Share more of myself. Yes. Well, my final question for you, if you had the opportunity to teach a 16-week class to a group of graduating college seniors on a topic that isn't normally covered in the classroom, what would you teach and how would you teach it? I really, what I found most valuable that I didn't learn in school was the power of people and kind of this connecting and networking I feel like I would really, really love to have had some course. I would love to teach a course on pretty much like building relationships. And again, with this idea of authenticity, but I think it's not just like, oh, zip zap, like who do I know? Who can I like get something from? But more like no matter what your role is, if you're freelance, if you're an entrepreneur, if you work within an organization, like business is people, you know? And so you really have a lot of advantage. And I've seen that in my social circles, like my friends, regardless of like how lucrative or kind of fancy some of their backgrounds circles were, 
who've really become successful because they've built relationships and they've, you know, shown up in ways that I think are really important. And so, yeah, I guess I would want to have a course for people to learn how to like go out there, take risks, reach out to people, you know, strengthen your bonds with the people that you're in class with already, you know, follow up with people that maybe you've had a little bit of lag on. I think sometimes we think that people don't want to hear from us or people are too busy or anything like that. But myself and pretty much everybody else I know, it's like, it feels really good if people reach out to you. And like, most often you'll get a response. And if you don't, it's, you know, really nothing personal. But, you know, learning how to do that is a skill. Learning how to do that in your own way. And not everybody's like an extrovert, life of the party, going to schmooze everybody. But there's still really great opportunities to just kind of maximize that. And I feel like, yeah, really learning how to build community around you that supports you, that also thinks of you first. And it's like, oh, who do I know who's really great at XYZ? Or who do I know that I can promote in this way or connect with this person? I feel like being a connector and being first in people's minds for their connections, I feel like it's been something that's, I think, really invaluable. Mark, you're hitting on like one of my favorite things to, to chat about, to talk about, to share with people, especially 20-somethings, because mm-hmm. if you dial in on this and and start to develop a, a habit for, we'll just call it networking at face value, but I know you, you know it's deeper than that too. It really does pay a whole lot of dividends in the friendship space, in the business space, in the skill development space, so many areas. Just broadening your network and, you know, meeting new people is is so fascinating, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully this is, you know, one of many conversations we're going to have in the future. Very excited to, to take your class, especially from someone that, I don't know if you think about it very often, weren't you like a high school dropout? Now you have two degrees and a certificate. I, that just blows yes. me away. Like who would have thought, <laughs> yes. I'm guessing like 17, 18 year old Park would not have realized that that she was going to be this credentialed in the academic space, yeah. you know, a couple of decades later. So very yeah. impressed with what you got going on. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, Park, you can find her on Instagram. We'll have that all in the show notes. Park, it was an incredible conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a great time. All right, team. Man, wow, that was such a fun conversation. Like I said, I was really looking forward to covering this topic. And I'm glad we got to modulate in between the tactical and also just the expression and methodology behind why you should even consider developing your personal style. Park is super impressive, somebody that... I gained a lot of, I don't know, confidence maybe like forced me to think a little bit more and to like go out and try some things. I know I I had the silly example of the hat, but I need to get a hat now and like try that hat on and send it to them and be like, hey, look at me trying new things here. So I hope you guys learned something fun here. Really looking forward to this series that we're putting together here. And that's it. Have a great one. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the episode. As always, I appreciate your kind words. If you want to leave us a rating and review on your podcast player right now, that would absolutely make my day. If you want to find episode show notes, our blog, and other great resources, head over to tsirpodcast.com. If you have follow-up questions, an idea for a future episode, or just want to say hi, we have a contact form on our website and those messages go straight into my inbox and I promise you, I will reply. But all right, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love you all and you're not alone. Let's keep making it through our struggles together.